well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to this fine little radio program called Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 129. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, show number 129, and the program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And and handmade sound effects, which we which we feel are more authentic. We're kind of we feel that we're leading the charge against uh, uh, against can uh, synthesized right. can sound effects. Sound, right. Yes, yes. I mean, if you can just hit a button on your keyboard, you know what's awesome. You know, it sounds just like opening a can of beer. What's that? Opening a can of beer. You know, it works like that. And so, it's a wonderful like my thing. next sound effect that I've been working on recently For is the sound trip. of someone drinking beer. Here, yeah? check this out. Let's. <sighs> And I actually use a beer for that. That like some is, people, it's incredibly realistic. I have to tell you, it's some people incredibly use realistic. Iced tea or right, some right. other, yes, you know, uh-huh. liquid that isn't beer. But I actually say I make that sacrifice. It's something I do. Well, welcome to the show where Ian makes sacrifices and the sound effects are rocking, <laughs> and we appreciate it. First of all, I want to apologize for being so late today. This is really inexcusably late. Uh, there are some excuses, but when you're inexcusably late. You shouldn't give excuses, right? There's that. There's that. You, should, so, you, you can have reasons, though. Reasons and excuses are very different things. Okay. Well, I did have to make an unscheduled stop to make sure that we had a spirit for today's show uh, due to a, a little mix-up. And so the good news is we have a spirit for today's show. In fact, Ian... I've got spirit. Yes, I do. you got spirit, and you're going to like it. Well, I think you are. Uh, we're going to be tasting today. You have today. to work on your rhyme scheme there, buddy. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be a rapper, but it just it just didn't work out for me. <laughs> Um, I was uh, I was spitting rhymes that didn't rhyme. And right. it, it just you know it didn't uh, it didn't work out. Uh, we're going to be tasting a Dalwini Highland single malt, uh, a Dalwini fifteen today. Uh, so this is uh, this should be very interesting. I don't think I've ever tried the fifteen. Actually, did you know that Dalwini is the highest distillery in Scotland, elevation wise, set in the windswept Grampian Mountains? And uh, they, uh, of course, say that there they have an unlimited supply of fresh spring water. And uh, that's what it's all about for Don Winnie, the highest distillery in Scotland. Uh, So we look forward to that. We're also going to taste what I think are going to be some very interesting beers today. What do you got lined up for us? We have uh, from uh, Tumwater, Washington, Matchless Brewings Ultra Lager. Uh, This is the first lager I've ever seen, other than a the macro brews Mm -hmm. that comes in a sixteen ounce can. (laughs) <laughs> so right, right. So there's a certain feel you get when you're drinking out of a 16 ounce. Well, can. particularly if you're having like a lager, because you're thinking, okay, it's a Miller Lite, or it's you know, it's you know, it's something no, uh, along that quirky line. Texas thing. Okay, yeah. So if you go buy a 12 pack of Lone Star, yeah, and 12 ounce cans, yes, okay. I don't know what the exact prices are, but if you're standing there in a convenience store and you're doing the math, because here you can just buy a beer at a convenience store, and you're doing the math, you can actually buy two. Six packs of Tall Boys for the same price that it costs for one 12 pack of 12 ounce beers. Okay, I have to do the math, uh, and I'm not particularly good at math, but that that doesn't seem like it works out, does it? No, that's that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> like, but it's true. Well, we have a Tall Boy of Matchless's Ultra Lager, and it is very much a craft lager. So we have uh, we have that to look forward to to taste today from Bauhaus Brew Labs in Minneapolis. I'm so excited about this. We'll be tasting their Crop Circus du- Double IPA. 
Crop Circus? Crop Circus. Yeah, not circles, but <laughs> right, circus. Right, I was going to say, that's some, yeah. that's some kind of playoff yeah. of Crop Circles. I, I like it. I like it. I'm not a fan of the circus, but I do like the Crop Circus. So. Remember those circus peanuts? The, the yes. big, weird, puffy- The only reason to go to the circus. The, well, No, no, no. I'm talking about those candies that were like the big, big weird, puffy Oh, they were the puffy, yeah, candies. that were orange? Yeah, those, yeah. Are, those are disgusting. No, I thought you were talking about like the roasted in the shell Those are kind. disgusting. Yeah, no, those candy. are disgusting. No, no, roasted, actual peanuts roasted in yeah. the shell. Those are awesome. Those are great, yeah. Uh, and then, Ian, I think you're going to find this very, very interesting. Lay it on me. <coughs> From Evil Twin Brewing in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I love Evil Carolina. Twin Brewing. Have you ever tasted their Even More Jesus? I have not. It's a bourbon maple syrup barrel aged imperial stout. Now, wasn't Evil Twin the company that had the absolute longest name for a Christmas beer ever? I think that's right. I yes. can't Do you remember what the like, name was? No, I can't no. remember for life <laughs> what it is. It's like yeah. something about staying in a hotel room and yes, something so, else. Uh, okay, lay that on me again. What's, uh, what kind of beer is this? It's called... Even more Jesus. Uh-huh. And it's a bourbon maple syrup barrel aged imperial stout. My understanding is it's not a bourbon barrel. It's a maple syrup barrel. But the maple syrup was infused with bourbon. If I there are levels my there. Inform- yeah, right. No, these guys are working it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just not just like what barrels you want to put these in, Fred. You know, it's the, <laughs> there was there was an evil genius plan at work that's, here that's at a Evil great Twin. Accent you just had. There. You like that? That was, that was very hillbilly. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty good with the hillbilly accents, being as I grew up in Lytle, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Props to all my Lytle friends who are. Uh, who are checking out the show. Uh, and then, of course, we will be trying the Delwini, uh 15. So uh, so a lot of good things to try. Plus, on today's show, the best scotch under $100, a fascinating list. I'm for it. Liquor. <laughs> yes, that Liquor.com has released. So we'll be uh, looking forward to getting to that. And, Ian, from time to time, we've we've had to stop and, and acknowledge the fact that different companies are getting into the whiskey business that weren't in the whiskey business before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about are, this. Are you talking about Bob Dylan? Well, there's one. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then there, you know, the Metallica thing. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. that was uh, Dave Pickerel did their blend, and it's actually pretty good. Then there's the uh, uh, MMA guy, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Who is uh, that whiskey? We've not tried Mm-mm. that whiskey, but it's supposed to be just terrible. <laughs> yeah. From <laughs> all the, the reviews that yes. I've read, just uh, just terrible. But. Uh, Connor McGregor, thank you. Connor uh, McGregor. Uh, so, uh, so there's that. And then last week we talked about the fact that Anheuser Busch, AB InBev, is buying a whiskey distillery yep. and trying to get into the craft beer. None of that seems, even the Connor McGregor thing, none of it seems quite as strange as when I'm going to lay on you. Guess who's going to be releasing a whiskey? Paps Blue Ribbon. That's amazing. PBR Whiskey. PBR whiskey. Yes, PBR is going to be releasing whiskey. So I will be telling you about that on the show today. So um, so I wanted to just mention uh, our friend Chris Hart, who nobody cares about. Um, nobody cares about Chris Hart. Yes. What are we talking about? Uh, well, you know, these guys, he is, you know, very involved with uh, putting on the Houston Whiskey Social, which if you're in the Houston area, and I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are, uh, is – Something it's just a can't miss event. You right, well, have to go. If to you're this. in the Houston area, don't miss it. If you're not in the Houston area, drive don't miss here. It. Yeah, drive here. It's like drive. Worth, it's worth the drive or the flight. It is on the 30th of this month, so it's now like uh, about three weeks, three weeks and a day or two away. So it's going to be very exciting. We'll have Chris on the show 
uh, coming up a little later on in the month to uh, you know give us the details and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Alan Denny too. Um, well, we'd have to because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise gonna, one be would get imbalance. ahead of the other. Yeah, There'll be an see? imbalance in the force. But of course, nobody cares about either of those guys. So, <laughs> uh, so it is what it is. But uh, no, I got an interesting. Uh, the, the nobody cares campaign has has taken on a life of its own. I think, that was I think from so. a, that was from a review you read, which I think probably irritates the reviewer even more than our original thing that he was complaining about <laughs> that we talked about those guys and that nobody cared. And so I think this would be a good time and a, and a good show on number 129 for me to stop and pledge that from now on, what I'm going to try to do on the show, this is just me personally, you can take this mantle up if you want, you don't have to. But what I'm going to do, try to do on the show is to make reviewers happy. That's going to be my goal. For everything we do, I'm, I'm going to try reviewers to make reviewers happy. happy. Most reviewers are unhappy, and that's why they review stuff. Well, they this, have to be heard. This guy that did the uh, the review where he was talking about how you know we have Chris and Alan on and nobody cares about those guys and that we're too repetitive and all that kind of stuff. I mean, his show is great, That the show that reviewer does. I actually haven't read any reviews. Well- I read one third of one review and it was, and it was his, as you know. I feel like I should write my my own reviews, but I'm feeling like enjoy I'm feeling like that guy does a great show. Or I'd be hypercritical. I'm not entirely sure. But the, think about it: somebody who has those kind of critiques, his show would would just be it would be perfect. It would be fantastic. What we need to do is have Except, we need to have a reviewer outline exactly how the show should go, and then do one of those shows. Well, that's what I'm trying to with say. With that exact, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that this I is the do. way you want us to do it. Because obviously, this guy on his own show. I mean, it, it has to be flawless, right? I'm imagining it is. Except he doesn't have a show. Oh. Well. Which makes him uniquely qualified to critique shows like ours <laughs> or, or Chris Hart's, right? You know? I'm just you know, saying. The bottom line, the thing that I've found about most reviewers in general, and, and I'm not trying to diss anybody uh, out there necessarily, but most reviewers are someone that has a complaint and wants it to be heard. And that's the nature of... Most reviews. Now, that's interesting. Has a complaint and wants it to be heard. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, well, think about this. You have a bad day, you want to vent, right? Right. You most want to reviewers, you bitch and moan a little bit. M- most reviewers, they have a complaint and they just want to be heard. So how do they do it? They go well, to the review Well, there you section. have it. Yeah. Everybody can write a review. That's true. Everybody. That's true. So, you know, I, I just don't think about it that much because, first off, I feel like uh, there's a lot of negativity in reviews that is unnecessary. And so right. I don't bother with it because I just don't need that in my life. And also, you make I'm it, awesome. Why would you give me a bad review? That's Come on, true. For real? That's true. Now that's a good point. <laughs> you, you are making me feel kind of bad, though. Uh, Why's that? Uh, you'll find out when you hear my cigar review. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Ian, speaking did, of reviews. <laughs> well, I, now I, let I, me give you my opinion. Right, so we use the word review, <laughs> but I really don't think of myself as a. How reviewer. about a cigar experience? How's uh, that? Yeah, Is that better? Right. I'm going to try to communicate my cigar experience. Because that's really more than what we do. Like we've been accused of liking things too much, but the truth yeah. is, we're just trying to part. Uh, we're just trying to impart the experience we're having. But as far as reviews, it's not like we give it a, a thumbs up, thumbs down rating. We just go, hey man, this is worth the money. It's not. That's as close as we ever get. Well, you since decide. since I've been accused of liking things too much, I decided in my cigar review today, I'm just going to blast the cigar. You're you're not going to s- stop uh, yeah. liking me, are you? Well, I already did that. Oh, That's, okay. you, know, you don't have to worry about that. Wait, you did unlike me on Facebook. I did. I unfriended, unfriended me. Or- 
So, uh, Ian, did you uh, smoke anything interesting? That was now? still over that Malort issue. I can see yes, that happening. Yes, that was the week it happened. <laughs> let me tell like, you. Let I me tell like, you about that. <laughs> I was looking for the button that said unfriend because of Malort, and I couldn't find right. it. So I just I just went with, uh, with unfriend. Let uh, me tell you about the cigar that I had okay. just a little while ago. Now you uh, you do this thing a lot where you uh, the cigar that you talk about on the show is one that you just had yes. earlier in the same day we're doing the show. Well, right? yeah, okay, so a couple things, um, and I'm not a total snob about this, but your palate um, uh, really is influenced by everything that you've had that sure, day. What you eat, what you so drink. So I sure. found, and and it also makes a great <clears throat> morning for me. As I, I get up, I do my thing at the house. Usually have some kind of breakfast. And then I go up to Casa de Monte Cristo and sit Great there place. and ha- pick a cigar out of the humidor and uh, chat with the guys a little bit. They're so nice over there. Mm-hmm. And then have a cigar in the uh, lounge right there because I can sit there usually by myself. Sometimes there's conversation. I have fun with that, too. But I can sit there and write my review on the cigar that I'm smoking as I'm smoking. I don't have to think back. I don't right. Have to wonder. Well, what did I taste? Yeah. And, um and I just find that it's a really relaxing time for me, so it's become kind of a thing, you know? I like it. I and like I really it. enjoy it. So I went in there today uh, under all those same circumstances. I was a little rushed today, but I got there and had time for a cigar, and I picked out a couple. And um, one of the guys there, I had three cigars up on the counter, and I said, which one of these should I review? And he slid one out of my pile uh-huh. over to me. Okay. I said, definitely this one. Start with this one. Okay, said, okay. so what was it? So what I reviewed was an Avo Maduro 30th Anniversary. You're gonna be kidding me. Yes, for real. That's what it's right here. Because that's what I reviewed. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> Completely. I had that's no idea you were gonna be awesome. Okay, so this is gonna be interesting. I can tell you already. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna let's tell hear you, what you thought. I will tell you what I experienced. I grabbed this out of <laughs> humidor. Uh, the appearance, very chocolate, very smooth, slightly oily, very firm uh, cigar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, pre-light sniff, very earthy, chocolate, mocha, a little damp hay with leather. That's what I got out of mine. The uh, pre-light draw, I used a clip. Um, there it is, a picture of it right there. I used a clip, uh, medium to light draw, uh, mocha flavors, toast, coffee, damp earth, leather, much of the same things that I smelled mm-hmm. on there. Uh, the, uh, initial light, it was, it lit very smooth. It, uh, didn't have that real harsh peppery or anything like that. Lit very, very gently and smooth. Uh, very light pepper, toasted, uh, coffee and mocha. The first third of the cigar was a toast and coffee bomb. Wow. Absolute toast and coffee bomb. I can see that we're going to have differing reviews here. I'm looking at your <laughs> eyes, right? Um, I'm, I'm just looking to make sure it's your uh, cigar pictures up now, not oh. mine. Uh, so uh, loved yes. it, loved it already, right out of the box. Loved it just like that. On the first third of this, I was already in love with the cigar. Big full smoke, hints of mocha, pepper, spice, leather, perfect burn. Um, the uh, uh, the second third of this toast coffee mocha they all jockeying for they're all jockeying for first place on the palate spice pepper and leather kind of created the backbone of this cigar mm-hmm. uh, pecan and walnut nuttiness kind of started developing in the background perfect burn wow like I mean there's pictures right there the yeah, burns just great. burning burning nice and even right right the the last third of the cigar pepper and spice picks up with an emphasis on the leather and nuttiness. And then uh, it starts competing with kind of a cedar and oak flavor that I got towards the end of the cigar. I didn't want to give up the cigar. Like, this was burning my fingers just about at this point. Perfect burn. 
Uh, price versus quality, I gave it a solid eight. An eight? A solid eight. I paid $11. I was going to say, is this about an $11 cigar? $11.50. And I even wrote a note to myself, I've smoked $18 cigars that don't stand up to this kind of complexity and richness. I enjoyed that wow. cigar tremendously. I enjoyed it so much, and this is going to make you laugh, that I went back, bought a second one to bring to you. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to show the cigar to the camera. And one of the reasons I'm going to do this is because I want you to know. And actually, I don't know where I had no idea that you actually reviewed this. That is hilarious. Well, okay. So here's what's really interesting. Thank you, Ian. Here's what's really interesting. uh, Before I go into my review, I'm going to tell you that um, a week or so ago, I stopped by Serious Cigars, Uh the same Serious Cigars where you just sat Uh and smoked your Avo 30 Maduro and reviewed it. And uh, they have the very cool little uh, in-dial displays there where they sometimes oh, feature yeah. the Got new things. Oh, yeah. Got me right off the bat. Walked yep. in, went pow. There I it is. I walked in. It looked beautiful. I picked up the exact same cigar. So what I'm going to tell you as I review the Avo 30 Maduro, or as I share my cigar experience, I should say, is that our cigars, not only did I not know you were going to smoke one and review it, but ours probably came from the same box. That's hilarious and awesome at the yeah, same time. They probably came from the same box, which is going to make this all the much more interesting. Lay it on me. You know, Avo is a Like, this huge, is the first, I think. I don't know that uh, yeah. we've ever done this before. And, and I promise like, we've you We've intentionally smoked no. the same cigar. Right. We've done that. In, but you know, I think this is the first time it's been a total we've surprise. We've accidentally uh, smoked <laughs> the same cigars. So Avo, as I'm sure you know, Ian, is a huge sort of a quality brand mm-hmm. name in cigars. When you think of Avo... Uh, it's kind of like you think of um, of Ashton. Uh, it's got the same right. kind of quality that's ascribed to the brand. Some of their cigars uh, in their regular Avo line are fairly mild. They do have some, you know, uh, stronger cigars, some more full yeah. cigars. Uh, and I've reviewed a couple of them and like them very, very much. Well, quick thing about Avo. Yeah, we're drinking uh, as as show beers. We're drinking the Eureka Heights mm-hmm. uh, beers right now. My uh, friend that is uh, part founder of that company Eureka actually Heights. turned me on to the Avo Number no. 2 years oh, ago. the Avo Number no. 2, which yeah. is a classic, milder cigar mm-hmm. that's just absolutely wonderful. Sorry, go ahead. All right, show that to the camera again for me since we've got it here. This is the Avo Maduro. You can see it's in the cellophane. When I took mine out of the cellophane, it didn't look quite as pretty as this. It looked really pretty in the cellophane, but when I took it out, and I think you may see this on some of the, the photos here, um, there was a big gash in one side. Say what? It was a bit rustic, um, which generally, I didn't know at first when I would see that in a cigar review what that meant, but I think generally it means it's kind of bumpy and you can see the veins a right, little more right. pronounced. And to be honest, I've smoked some amazingly delicious cigars uh-huh. that had that look to them, but I've also smoked some very cheap cigars that had that look to them. So the rustic plus the gash... I was a little bit worried, to be honest, because it's an $11 cigar, and I want to get a, a good experience out of a cigar you pay 11 bucks for. Now, hold on a second. Now, you're going to wrap that one? Go ahead. Mine was actually smoother than this. Okay, so this one is a little bit rustic. That would be semi-rustic. That's a That's little funny bit rustic, because mine... But mine was much more rustic than that, and had and had the big gash. And I know we're making Adam going back and forth between images here, but uh, the first image, uh, Adam, that I gave you 
is of just kind of the foot of this cigar, and it and it's got that big gash in it. You so, can see it. So I didn't know that when I bought. Uh, no, mine was actually very smooth. If you look at the pictures of mine, it was very smooth. Okay, maybe we can cut back to those in a minute. Interesting. Sending Adam scrambling from image. Can you to image, can you yes. show that first picture of of mine again, Adam? Because that's really yeah. insanely different. Yeah. It's yeah. So uh, the pre-light on my cigar was uh, was not not too pronounced. Um, I didn't pull everything out of it that you pulled, but I did pull out a little bit of a vegetal kind of aroma that it's not terrible in and of itself, but I normally associate it with cheaper cigars. Huh. Like the kind you buy, like the whole bundle from online, and they wind up being like a dollar and 15 cents per cigar, you know, by the time you... Pay for the, you. You buy a bundle of twenty cigars for like twenty three ninety nine. Right, you right. know that type that type of thing. Um, it, but again, I've had some cigars that have given me that on the nose before I lit them, and they've been fine. So I was a little nervous, but not. You know, so a, that's your cigar. I just looked cigar. at. I just looked at the two pictures. Yours looks mm-hmm. very different than mine. Sorry. So I used a V cut and lit this baby up. Uh, it burned a little crooked for the first half inch or so, but in fairness, it corrected itself just fine and burned reasonably straight for the rest of the stick. I don't think it burned as well as yours did, but reasonably straight. The burn was fine, actually, but the draw was a complete other story. I wouldn't go quite so far as to describe it as plugged, but it was damn close. Oh, it was real hard draw. Real hard draw, yeah. Uh, It was difficult enough that it totally took away from the experience of relaxing and enjoying the cigar. And I will tell you that when I was done with this cigar, I lit up a, uh, <coughs> a San Latano by A.J. Fernandez just just to go, okay, this is not how cigars are, right? No. And, and it had the perfect draw and, and was, was terrific. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is not just me, you know, uh, having trouble with this. I did try massaging the cigar right, gently right. to loosen it up. And when I did, you could hear the sound of the binder leaf cracking. Uh. Not a good sign. I probably would only have been mildly disappointed by all of this, but the fact is the cigar just wasn't very good. Uh, maybe it was because I couldn't get enough smoke through it, but it had no flavor profile to speak of, virtually no complexity, just a sort of a mild tobacco flavor, no Maduro richness. I mean, you look at how rich that cigar looks. This had none of that in flavor. No signs of spice, no pepper, no nuttiness, just bland. And not a lot of smoke uh, because of how difficult it was to draw through the cigar. So I would, I would, you know, if, if I puffed out a little bit, you'd I see was, smoke come out of the cigar. Smoke rings with but mine. I would pull, I would pull, draw through the cigar like a huge breath, and then I would exhale, and there'd just be this tiny, tiny little bit of smoke. I honestly started to wonder if somebody had slipped the Avo and the 30 bands on some bargain bin cigar of some sort. Holy if I, cow. If I hadn't taken it out of the box of Avos myself, I would have thought maybe that well, could so have happened. What's, what's super funny about this is I must have grabbed the perfect cigar out of the box because I'm looking at this one right here that I bought to bring to you because my experience was so good. Yeah. And it looks haggard. Like the end of this is it, this does not Ian, look like the cigar that I that looks like a masterpiece compared to the one I smoked. This looks haggard and second compared to the one that I smoked. I was going to rate this cigar a four in price to quality, but as I was smoking it, I didn't remember what I'd paid for it. 
I went back and looked at the receipt and discovered I'd paid $11. Price to quality, 2.5. Holy crap. The only cigar I've ever rated worse than that was the Gurkha that fell completely apart on me halfway through <laughs> like an exploding cigar from the old Popeye cartoons. This is an amazing moment. Like, yeah. We accidentally smoked the You gave it an cigar. eight. I gave it an eight. It was amazing. I was so impressed with this cigar, I went back, grabbed another one out of the box, and brought it here for you, well, having no idea that this is what you smoked. And this one now, like, once you say that, this one looks like crap compared to the one that I – this one looks haggard and second compared well, to the one that I had. I, I'm, I wrote in my notes, because I wanted to make sure I got this right, so I, so I wrote some of this stuff down. And I wrote that I want to try another one to see if it's an isolated incident. Uh, but the $11 price tag would probably prevent me from doing that. You try that on me. Thanks to you, my friend, uh, Let me for know. buying me the $11 cigar. And I'll totally refriend you on Facebook now. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely totally amazed that we are so polar opposite on that due to the construction. So I wonder what's going on with their quality control. The way I was going to end my review was to say... I wanted to try another one to see if it was an isolated incident. The $11 price tag would probably prevent me from doing that, and it should probably prevent you from doing so either. <laughs> that's that's how I was going to end my little uh, segment. But I, I thank you for this because, man, I love all those cigars. And, and listen, sometimes you do get a bad cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. You know, not every cigar is going to be perfect, despite the best quality control right. that the rollers and everybody use. I mean, I was amazed, actually, when we were at the JRE and Aladino uh, factory in Honduras, looking at the different quality control they have, and you become amazed that a bad cigar could ever get through. But, you know, but it can happen. And and uh, so I understand that, and it's one of the things, smoking cigars is not a perfect hobby. You know what I mean? No, uh, there's variations. There's variations. So... I like the idea of giving it another try, but it does suck when you get one that's really bad and it was a more expensive so, cigar. Yeah, my question is, how lucky was I or how unlucky were you? Well, like, we, yeah. For real. Now, I, I want to point out that one of uh, one of my uh, online friends here, Delmar, says, so you guys reviewed the same cigar and still have trouble believing that the show is repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect cue to take a break, and right. we'll be right back for segment number two, in which, my friends, we'll be tasting an ultra lager from a 16-ounce can. I'm so excited to even just pull this out and put it on the camera. Do you have a brown paper bag to put it in? Uh, it would be so perfect if that I did. Awesome. Uh, so, all right, so we'll come back and uh, and do that. Plus, uh, don't forget the best scotch under $100 is our uh, topic today. We'll be sharing that with you. And uh, honestly, I cannot wait to smoke this. I'm now <laughs> really That's so hilarious. curious. You know what's going to happen. I'm going to smoke it and I'm going to go. It's a five. Yeah, it's okay. It's a five. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. I put the balloon And then he Wow. Well, I had the, I think it's what it's called, the uh, Fiero, the Fuego. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, uh, second segment of our show. Number 129, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And if you're in Houston, also visit B&B Lemon right across the street from the Washington Ave location. Wonderful little bar, great little uh, pub menu. Uh, and there is, even in the dead of winter, 
outside the bar, there is a tree with a lemon on it. <laughs> That's and, pretty awesome. And I love that. It's just like, I don't know how they even made that happen. They probably had to ship that in from Zimbabwe or somewhere where, you know, lemons are actually growing right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway. Hey, Ian, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm guessing maybe not a good thing. After two years as head of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Scott Gottlieb has resigned. Um, now, the reason it could be a good thing, obviously, is all of this stuff that's going on with the FDA mm-hmm. and regulating uh, tobacco, which includes premium cigars. The reason it could be a bad thing is that Dr. Gottlieb actually seemed like a fairly reasonable man. Right. And my understanding is my understanding is he actually my understanding is that he does actually smoke cigars. So uh, I don't know that for a fact, but that is what I have read. So um, with him leaving reportedly in order to spend more time with his family, and by the way, does does Donald Trump have any original members of his staff or cabinet or head of agencies that are still at their jobs? Mm, the guy that drives his uh, limo, probably. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is a guy that likes to fire people. We knew that from The Apprentice, but wow. Anyway, <laughs> Gottlieb wasn't fired, uh, but he did announce about a year ago that they'd be reconsidering how the government agency regulates uh, premium cigars. And he told the congressional subcommittee uh, just last week that the FDA was still actively engaged in determining that process, all of which is essentially sounds like good news because if the uh, regulation that's been passed begins to be enforced the way it reads, it's not a good thing for premium cigars. Right. So if they're still kind of like debating and, and sort of figuring this out, it's probably a good thing because it probably means they realize that the premium cigar regulation should not be the same as uh, – Machine-made cigars and e-cigarettes and, and all of that. So we'll see how all of that works. So, uh, But I don't know who his replacement will be. That's you have the no idea. One. That I mean, up in the uh, air. Um, you know, Donald Trump, of course, doesn't smoke cigars. I don't know how – I don't know what where he would come down on uh, the – you know the whole regulation thing, mm. or what kind of a person he's likely to appoint, but uh, but we will see. All right, Ian, see if you can put that baby on camera. Oh, I'm it sure. It actually that. kind of looks like I want to stress that Matchless is a. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely a craft brewery. In fact, uh, they won a number of awards from many of their craft brews, uh, but they have, I think, on purpose, kind of fashioned this can to look like. Oh yeah. Some of the things that you would put into the brown paper sack and take away with you from the convenience store. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're in a state like, that would allow like you to do that. Like, this is one step away from a cold-activated can. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I kind of dig it, because obviously they did it on purpose. I think it's I think it's kind of fun. So, <laughs> Like, they're riding the line on that. So we're going to be tasting that. I also want to mention, as Ian prepares to create uh, uh, sound effects for us, I also wanted to mention that we'll be starting a brand new uh, segment on the show today. Ooh, that was a good one. That, that was, was really one. good. Uh, We'll be starting a brand new segment on the show today, which is the first in what we hope will be a really long time ongoing series uh, called Smoking and Toasting Recommended Shops. And this was kind of born when we were in Honduras because the uh, cigar tour that we were on at the uh, Aladino Farm and Factory, uh, there were a number of great uh, cigar retailers from around the country that were uh, there with us. And so we sat down with most of them, spent some time, did a little interview. And so today we will be unveiling our first smoking and toasting recommended shop. 
and they'll tell you a little bit about the shop. Oh, we're going to get criticized for the background again. Yes, of course we will. The background's amazing. The background, the background is it's so real. beautiful. The background is so beautiful that it looks like we're green screening because there's no way <laughs> that it could be actually that gorgeous. Uh, but the the reality is that uh, these are shops that we recommend that you visit and buy from if you uh, live in or are visiting uh, their neighborhood. So the first one will be on today's show, and I'm really excited about it. Now I know why I originally sat further over. It's because it's harder to pass Adam the beers uh, from from this far away. So Adam's going to need longer <laughs> arms. So, um, so here we go. Or this we're going to need matchless. a dumb waiter. Uh, uh, will you hand me the candy? And I I'll wanted to just uh, just take a little bit of a look at uh, at what this says. Uh, the hops are Kalista. By the way, there is an ingredients label on this. Uh, the hops are Kalista hops. The malt is Pilsner wild rice and chit malt, and the yeast it says Global. Uh, the descriptors, it's a premium session lager, a blueberry up front Wait, balance so this bitterness. has yeast in it. Apparently it does, yes. Interesting, because on the Bud Light label, there's no yeast. Well, it doesn't say yeast. It also doesn't say weed killer, which is also in the Bud Light. But they have left that off of the label, too. In fact, I think every week we'll check a Bud Light, Bud Light label to see whether or not weed killer has been added to the list of ingredients. Uh, so, so matchless lager. Uh, this is the lager, and there's been a lot of predictions, Ian, that lagers will be one of the next big things in craft beer as the craft brewers begin to. I mean, they've done so many ales across the last several right. years. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of ales, and especially mm-hmm. darker ales mm-hmm. in general. If this lager is like a herald of what's coming. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Okay, talk to me about what you're getting out of this. This is the fruitiest lager I've ever. It is ever, very fruity, isn't it? I've ever tasted. Well, it says but on the can in a wonderful way. It says blueberry upfront, balanced bitterness, and I thought a lager blueberry, please. But it's there. This is an outstanding lager. Um, we need them to send us a lot of this beer. <laughs> Matchless is uh, from uh, Tumwater, Washington. And the can is just, I, I just love that can. It's just so, uh, it's so, so like retro it's, and, and, and cheap looking, but in the most wonderful way. You know what I mean? It's so almost lawsuity. <laughs> I know, it really is. <laughs> like, like, You're so right. Look at that. You're so right. It really is. Um, I'm getting a crispness, and, and lagers can be very crisp. This has but an apple crisp yes, finish a to it. Qui- a, a very apple uh crisp finish to it. A little sweetness. You don't usually get a lot of sweetness in a lager. Um, this has a little bit of sweetness that you don't expect right in the middle of the uh, the palate. The front of the palate has that big fruit right up front. I will just say this is so many light years away from a lager for the masses, you know. Uh, how how uh, yeah. so many uh, of the of the macro brews you know they're for the more not the few or not I the think less if or you whatever could it is. get people that drink the blue cans mm-hmm. to try this mm. they would be boggled by how good a beer it's can just be. delicious isn't it this is absolutely outstanding so here we go again like in a beer this ah, is, this Jeff is a says. Problem. <laughs> Let's hope so. Done with the IPA era. Oh well, you know what? <laughs> and and I'm an IPA guy, but I'm I'm really fascinated by uh, the fact that these brewmasters are starting to really flex their muscles in other ways. You know, sours were a big thing last year. Um, I I think I think the the trends you're likely to see 
uh, this year have a lot to do with lagers and a lot to do with uh, collaboration beers. I think you're going to see a lot of collaboration beers. This well, I year. think uh, I managed to, by the way, slop a little bit on both yours and mine. That's all right. Filling that up. Um, uh, you know, so one of my favorite beers from Houston for a long time was the Sympathy for the Lager from Carbach. I liked it because... And it was a very atypical lager. Yes, it was a lot of flavor in a lager. It was very drinkable. Very malty. Yes, yes. A very malty, uh, malt-forward kind of lager, and I really enjoyed it overall. But it still wasn't a giant ale, and sometimes, you know, like out in the sun, mm-hmm. you don't want... Like you know, it's hot in Texas, yes, and it is. so you don't want you know a big heavy ale all the time. And I really enjoyed it. It was my go-to thing. ABM Bev bought them; they killed the lager. Yeah, which the is first crazy thing because it was their most other than, other than you Hopadillo. know Hop, Well, but you know Hopadillo, uh, to me, and again, I, I I like the Carbot guys. I really do, and I think they make some great beer. I got really burned out on Hopadillo. I I, I feel like. They make much more interesting IPAs. And again, you know I'm the IPA guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would much rather have their Big and Bright uh, than Hopadillo. And the Big and Bright has more citrus to it. It's more grapefruity, although we were told, actually on this show, it's one of the things about this show that you find out some really interesting information from people. <laughs> we were told on this show, and this is unsubstantiated, uh, that after AB InBev bought Carbach, that Carbach was told not to use so much grapefruit in the Big and Bright that it was too expensive. Yeah, they also uh, were told stop making that lager because I'm assuming the parent company makes one. But there was, it, it, see, I can't see that as a reason though, Ian, because sympathy for the lager That's was nothing like Budweiser. No, Nothing it had like flavor it. and it had well, but, but, body okay, okay. and it had. All right, but even even putting aside an interesting can, even putting aside for a moment, Budweiser cans kind of cool looking. Even but. putting aside, let's assume you really like Budweiser, okay? Even I if you really, really like Budweiser, thank you. You see, you're doing good. You're doing. I'm good. acting. Yes, I know, and you're doing well. Hold I think every hold on. I think everybody believed it. Let me get into character. Hold okay. my beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I feel like I'm. Character acting yeah. now. Let's do it. I actually have a T-shirt that says "Hold my beer and watch this." You know, uh, uh, but no. But even if let's assume you do like Budweiser, it's still a completely different beer. It, they couldn't be more different in terms of the flavor profile and the way. So it cannot, could not have been a threat to Budweiser. I don't know. Budweiser's always been known, like ABM Bev has always been known to be fair, and <laughs> and and not misunderstand. Threats to their. All right, I, 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 I'm not even going to finish. Before that. we start our <laughs> segment, uh, before we start our segment from uh, from Honduras, where we uh, talked with uh, our uh, recommended, uh, our smoking and toasting recommended shop, will you take a look at that can see if you can find out what the ABV is on this? Uh, it does. It's four point one. Four point one. Wow, this is incredibly drinkable. I want more of this. Uh, it's really good. I, took, I love this can. The too. can is the best. Like if this can was a different color, they would be so sued. I know. You're absolutely <laughs> right. All right. So, like, kudos for that sense of humor. So let's travel now to the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Well, actually, this this uh, this is segment. actually Pittsburgh, just yeah. south of Pittsburgh, I believe. Right. Yes. This segment, however, was done in uh, in Honduras, but let's. Uh, Which is a little bit south of Pittsburgh as well. It's quite a bit south of Pittsburgh, actually. <laughs> uh, let's. Let's do Smoking and Toast and Recommended Shop, segment number one. My name is Mame Kendall, and I own Smoke Cigar Shop and Lounge in Bridgeville, PA, which is the <laughs> South Hills of Pittsburgh. Okay, so Mame, for those who uh, aren't uh, from the Pittsburgh area, South Hills is where? It's 
literally south of Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. the way we're set up is Pittsburgh's in the middle, and you have the North Hills, South Hills, East and West. So we are. I'm in the south. So How long? Exactly cardinal directions. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a compass. How long have you uh, been doing it? Um, I've been in the business for about 18 years. And how long has the store been open? My store has been open for almost seven. Almost seven. But wow. I've been in another store since 2001. Okay. And uh, so I'll just ask you quickly, have you seen, uh, I mean, obviously you've gone through the boom and now on this side of it, uh, what do you make of the current state of the cigar business? Is this a good time? Well, I think in my area, we had a really tough time last spring because we had a really late, late spring. Um, Weather-wise, right? Weather-wise, correct. So our golfers, I I have a very high golf community. My store is near a golf community called Nevillewood, Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty wealthy sell a lot of churchill cigars yeah a lot of ashton (laughs) churchills um which is fine but um you know so we had such a rainy spring that our golf season really didn't start until almost may Mm. so it made it a little Uh, tough spring for us yeah but my christmas was excellent and i have to say my winter has been pretty decent considering we've had some snow we've had some below zero days but I have a really strong core group of people that come in almost every day. Right. Um, and we watch movies and do things like that. And then you always have the in and out traffic. Right. So I'm pretty fortunate with that. Now, we're making you a smoking and toasting recommended store. So when, oh, if, we have, when we have uh, when we viewers. We put out the list. Yeah, when yeah. we have viewers and listeners in yeah. that live in your area, we're trying to send them to you. We have people visiting there. We want them to... To have you on their to-do list when they're when they're in the area. So describe your store for us a little bit, since we're in you know since we're sure. in Honduras now. At, so uh, um, so I have a you know I don't have a huge store. I actually have kind of a smaller store, but I have a very nice walk-in humidor. I would say my selection is definitely in my area one of the top selections. Um, you know I carry a little bit from everybody. I think. Um, I do have a lot of boutique, but I do have a lot of mainstream as well. I have a smoking lounge, so you can either come in and buy and leave, or you can enjoy our lounge as well. It's not members only or anything like that. You know, chairs are for everyone as long as they've purchased a cigar. Ah, very good. <laughs> so with uh, with a room full of guys sitting and smoking cigars, mm-hmm. there's not that many shops in the in the country that are owned by women. Is that uh, is that does that wind up being a plus? You think does that help you, or is it something you have to like constantly walk around and like smack the guys on the back of the head for misbehaving and stuff? No, they know <laughs> that I'm pretty tough. Yeah. So um, they they I am I feel that I'm fully respected yeah. in my shop. Um, I don't take a lot of crap from I don't really get it I mean yeah. I think I think my experience and um, what people find out on the internet about me or whatever if they're searching for whatever reason um, I think they see that I really do have some knowledge of cigars and I have been around the industry for a long time so I feel that I I, I earned the respect right. um, you know there's always one in the group but it's not very often <laughs> so um, I'm able to handle myself and I try very hard to be one of the guys as best I can. That makes sense. You know, um, it's the only way to survive and it's 
It's truly, it's a lot more fun. I mean, why have this, you know, who wants to be hanging out in a cigar shop with some emotional girl? Not me. <laughs> I don't even want to hang out with her. So let's just all be have fun. And that's my whole thing. So. so you mentioned you do like movie nights and things mm-hmm. like that. This is something that you have a core group of people that generally show up mm-hmm. and and you just try to have some some evenings where this is the theme and you go and have fun with it, right? Right. So um, I do have this wonderful core group a core group of guys that actually I I already had three TVs in my store. But at Christmas time, they were nice enough to buy me a 65-inch TV, if you can believe that. Nice. And a sound bar. So now we've really taken the TV to the next level. And we Thursday nights, we watch movies. And obviously, they pick the movies. Um, I've... You know, they have a fire stick, so we can pretty much access anything. Nice. Um, we're real big. You know, Pittsburgh is a sports town, big so time. we yeah, really it's watch. It's hard to find fans that are more fervent than yes. Steelers yeah. fans. Steelers yeah. fans are pretty crazy. But we're big hockey fans big in hockey my too, store. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the community that we are near, the Nevillewood community, you know, we have a lot of hockey players. Um, we have a lot of customers that um, are hockey greats if wow. i can say that that's awesome um you know we've had some football some tv some you know some really cool people come in um so we are definitely the sports what is the name store. of your shop again it's called smoke cigar shop and lounge gotcha. smoke yeah. cigar shop i was noticing and your shirts that say smoke your ash off correct yeah. so let me, let me just show you okay if, if you're interested so my yeah. shirts are very nice um, very nice Smoke your ash off is my tagline, um, and every year I have an annual party. My my um, <clears throat> anniversary party is called Smoke Your Ash Off Bash. So that's my and fine butts and hot ashes is my tagline for the store. So I love it. I love it. Don't try to steal it because I already <laughs> had already to go after somebody yeah. with yeah. that. Um. <laughs> so uh, you've been with us for these uh, last couple of days here at Camp Aladino. Uh, what uh, what has stood out to you most about this experience? Wow. So probably just the unity that I felt. Um, I have to say, I have been on another cigar trip. I don't get to go away very often, so this opportunity was something I definitely didn't want to miss out on. This cigar trip, compared to a larger company cigar trip, is a complete 180. This is so amazing. It's a small group. Um, we're all hanging out together. We get the work in early as far as going to the field or the factory. And then we get to have some nice time. I'm, I seriously would consider changing my ticket to spend one more day here. Wow. Has there been a cigar that stood out to you that you've smoked while you were here? So the new Aladino, Connecticut, I think was very good. I really enjoyed that. And I'm not a Connecticut person. So I think everyone's saying that we don't typically smoke Connecticut's, but I thought that Aladino, Connecticut was great. That's great. All right. So give us your uh, store name and address one more time. Okay. So it's smoke cigar shop and lounge, Mm -hmm. fine butts and hot ashes. And they can come in and ask for MAME. They can come in and ask for MAME. Um, it's 1597 Washington Pike, Bridgeville, PA, and our phone number is 412-276-1118. There you go. Maybe so if you need for, directions, let us yeah. know. Thank you for being on the show. We yeah, appreciate no it. Thanks for having you are, me. You are now officially smoking and toasting recommended. All right. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. No thank you. All right, so uh, Mame was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she was I a love blast. Her. She's she's like uh, uh, you know uh, just such a Pennsylvania girl. I love. Yeah, that. if you're yeah. ever wondering what Pittsburgh sounds like, 
There you have That's it. That's what it sounds like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Smoke Cigar Shop and Lounge in Bridgeville, PA, in the South Hills uh, suburb of Pittsburgh. The first smoking and toasting recommended shop, and there will be many more. We'll be right back with the next segment of the show. You are listening to and watching Smoking and Toasting, Craft Beer, Fine Spirits, and Hand Rolled Cigars. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are here with you uh, for show number 129. I will be talking about the best scotch under $100 and doing some uh, single malt scotch tasting, actually, here in a segment or two. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we are brought to you by but- uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, they're in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth and at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. I was uh, out to a dinner uh, last night, Ian, and uh, we were out at the uh, original Nephis on Navigation. Oh yeah, yeah, great place. Uh, and so one of the guys that I was with from out of town, he ordered like the uh, shrimp tacos, and they came with bacon on them. And he was like, "Oh, I don't do bacon." And he took the, had to, had them take the bacon off of his shrimp. Now this is not a criticism of him, but how can you go through life like that? That's weird. Yeah, some people I don't understand. B and B has the greatest bacon you've Their ever bacon tasted. Is so good, it's fantastic. Also wanted to mention, I went to. Uh, a really cool event at Eighth Wonder Brewery this weekend. Oh, yeah? It was a Jameson's event, Jameson's Irish Whiskey. And what Jameson's appears to have done, they're doing this whole promotional campaign, where they've picked a handful of cities across the U.S., <clears throat> uh, New York, Miami, Houston, um, uh, San Diego, I think. Um, and they Portland, have uh, it's Tampa. Right now. Yeah, Tampa. And they have, uh, they have chosen a partner brewery in that area. And they have gone into the music scene and decided to help promote a music artist that's local to that area. And so they go in and they do these special things where they go in. So this was at 8th Wonder Brewery on the Mm -hmm. grounds. They set up, like, all these bars and stuff outside. You paid a ticket price. You got uh, food truck food, and you got all these different cocktails that bartenders in each of the host cities made with Jameson's. Huh. And they were serving beer, not only Eighth Wonder Beer, but they had, had beer from each of the host breweries. So, for example, the Tampa now, how cool is the that? Tampa Brewery was uh, Highlight. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry, was uh, Cigar, Cigar City. City. Yeah. So I got to. Uh, they had some of the Highlight IPA there, which I enjoyed, and they had a beer. The Houston musician that they chose. Uh, to champion was Robert Ellis, nice, uh, who's a wonderful yeah, guy and a, and a, a great artist. Um, they made some sort of special. Uh, the, I believe the title of Robert's new album is White Tuxedo, so they brewed this special White Tuxedo um, uh, Eighth Wonder that was available there at the brewery, and I believe it was it was an ale, but it was aged in, in uh, uh, some uh, bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Man, it was fantastic. It was nice. just, I think it was aged in Jameson barrels is what it was. Now you talk about uh, and, and, uh, Robert Ellis. Have you ever watched that show? I think it's on Netflix called The Ranch. No, but I know of it. Oh, I know, it's I know got what the Ashley show is. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sam Elliott. It's kind of a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of kind of a weird thing, but uh, there's a there's a bar that they all hang out in. Um, and in one of the scenes, sitting, 
they're sitting at a table, and right behind them on the wall is a Robert Ellis poster. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I was watching it. I just paused. I was like, hey. Well, I just wanted to mention, I think the tickets were 30 bucks for this thing, and, and uh, I, I, my wife and I went over. It was, um, if this comes to your city, absolutely go. It's worth every penny awesome. of the ticket. The food was great. It was great being able to sample all these interesting and cool cocktails with Jameson's, and they had uh, some Jameson's there that was uh, finished in ale cask. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just it was just really, really nice. Well, Jameson's has that Caskmate series. <laughs> yes, that's that's what they had. And yes. they're really good. Like, that's a great bang for the buck. You're getting an interesting whiskey. Mm-hmm. But Jameson's is a pretty good whiskey anyway. Yes, it is. Yes, um, it is. And, and it's a whiskey that you can either mix or drink straight or rocks or whatever, and it's fine in all those iterations. Um, but uh, the Caskmate series is that whiskey with some interesting stuff yes, to it. So absolutely. they have an IPA cask, and I think they had a stout cask. Uh-huh. I, I had think some those of, are the two that I, I, I know of right some now. of each, and they were both right. terrific. Right. They were both just terrific. So that's, that's so. And they're affordable, too. They're in the $30 range, so you're getting a whiskey with that much interest in the $30 range, which I think is a great part. Yes, yes, absolutely. Speaking of uh, IPAs, I know some people are burned out on IPAs, but here is, ladies and gentlemen, an IPA that we're trying on the show today that I am extremely curious about because it's from Bauhaus Brew Labs. I have read about Bauhaus Brew Labs in Minneapolis, um, their reviews as a brewery are just off the charts. People love this place. And they stand in line when their new stuff is released, especially the limited stuff. And we have a can of their Crop Circus Circus. Double IPA, which I think it is time to taste. Double IPA, by the way, is way more IPA than a regular IPA. Yes, it is. In fact, I would say it's like twice as much. It's like it's like double the IPA. I something. believe it is. Yes. So I don't know if we have any more. That's why it has to be in a bigger can. That is that why? Because <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a double. I think it, I thought it was in a bigger can because they I'm knew. Pretty I sure would, that's nothing. I would drink more. <laughs> that's why I thought they. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing they to do with the, it. Uh, the big can. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so I'm so I'm really excited about this. Uh, I believe this is more of a New England style, uh, but it, it is a double. Good. So. Oh, I'm loving it on the nose. So let me put this back on up the on the beer cam just this in case. One of those things where I was enjoying it on the nose so much I wound up sticking my nose in the beer again. <laughs> I'm not the only one that does that, right? No. Oh, Ian. Wow. This smells like a beer that you would enjoy this tremendously. Is, this is the first thing that hits me is mango. Mango, 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 mango. Mm. Man, that's got a lot of things going on with it. So, so I wonder how you, how much you actually like something like this, because this is not necessarily your wheelhouse. I, this this is, is right where my palate goes. I love this. Okay, to, so to me, I like a very balanced IPA if I'm going to drink an IPA, and we've mm-hmm. had a few on here that are just absolutely mm-hmm. outstanding, including one that I've been buying recently is that daytime. Can't IPA talk about that enough. If you Lagunitas. drink. If you drink Bud Light, and one of the reasons you do is because you want to limit your calorie intake, daytime IPA from Lagunitas. 98 calories. So much better and fewer calories. Yeah. And it actually has flavor. I'd say, I, I want, so my personal goal in life is to get everyone who drinks Bud Light I to try I love that. a good balanced IPA. We've had mm-hmm. some uh, juicy IPAs. What's that? Um, the uh, mm. uh, Sierra Nevada one, mm-hmm. the hazy, mm-hmm. the hazy mm-hmm. little thing, like that IPA. Wonderful IPA. There's a lot of IPAs I like that are super balanced. That's generally my first thing I look for. This is not that balanced. Yes. This is big, smash you in the face right up front with hops and fruit. Uh, that being said, the flavors are good. Yes. Um, this is not something I'd go to 
but it's something that I do enjoy, and I will definitely finish this glass of. And see, that's kind of the way I am with some of the the chunkier barley wines that you bring. You mean deliciousness? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not something I would go to, but it's something I can really enjoy. I, I will tell you that they did hit the nail on the head on the finish on this. The mm-hmm. finish has a little bit of that resin bitterness to mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but in kind of a nice, I want another sip way. I'm telling you, for someone that likes hazy or juicy IPAs, this is a must try. I also really do enjoy the mouthfeel on this. It mm-hmm. is This is a lot bigger mouthfeel than most um, than most that you if, get. If I had named this beer, I would have called it Mango Milkshake. Yeah, it's pretty over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I don't. this isn't probably something I'd buy again. It's mm-hmm. nice to experience. Uh, it looks like you're enjoying this tremendously. I, on the other hand, not only would buy again, but will if I get the chance. Yeah, and this would not go with a cigar. Like this no, would destroy no. any cigar you're trying to smoke. <laughs> Although there is some citrus in Unless there, that it has kind of a watermelon flavored blunt ba- wrap or something. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know yeah. this. <laughs> so this is the kind of IPA that I would go for when I'm washing dishes. See, that's one of the things you know. At my house, I hate putting away dishes, so I wash the dishes. My wife puts them away, and sometimes there's a lot of dishes. It's going to take me a while, right? And that's when I. Uh, go into the refrigerator to see what's lurking. Lurking. And, and, and I find myself like something, and I'm usually looking for something, looking for something that I won't want to have with a cigar later, you know? So I try for like some of the IPAs and some of the things that I think. You know, when I think of things won't lurking pair. in a refrigerator, I think of like pizza that's been in there a little too mm-hmm. long or maybe something in a food container that you're just going to throw the food container out because you, know you don't want to look at you it. You know what was lurking in but my, in my beer refrigerator? Beer lurking in the fridge seems like not the worst thing. You know what was lurking in my refrigerator last What's week? What's that? And I think it was from when Adam came over uh, from uh, for something a few weeks ago. There was I, I discovered lurking in the back of the fridge one of those Lurking. Lone Pint Brown Ales. <laughs> oh, oh, that was my delicious. God, that beer was good. Wow, it was fantastic. So, uh, you know, I don't know. This this particular IPA is not totally for me. It's not bad. It's just, eh, to me. And I'll give it two thumbs up. So uh, so there you go. But that's, but that's what's going to happen when we, when we try an IPA. There's a, there's a certain dankness to this that I kind of like. Mm-hmm, there's a little mm-hmm. funk in there somewhere that I kind of like about it. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was more of that forward on this particular one. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be trying some Dow Winnie. Plus, I have the information on the PBR whiskey because I know you're going to want to buy some of this. I totally want I just want to buy it for the bottle. I don't yeah, know just the bottle to have, like right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should just say PBR. That should be the only thing it says on the label. PBR. <laughs> right. And be a bottle of whiskey. You realize this is going to be the hipster... It's going to revolutionize the hipster, cheap whiskey world. You know it is. They're not going to know what to do with themselves. You know it is. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 129. We are brought to you by uh, our friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth and at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. Uh, we tried in the last segment the Crop Circus um, Double IPA uh, from our uh, our Bauhaus Brewing Labs in Minneapolis. I thought it was great on the can. It says, and, and I love anything that starts with this, 
Greetings, fellow people of Earth. <laughs> See, I love it already. Uh, nothing stimulates the uh, human taste buds like a double IPA, and Crop Circus is one of them. See, I like I like that kind of approach, you know, just kind of like calling it like it is and announcing yourself to the people of Earth. If I like you it. like that kind of IPA. I kind of feel like I need to shave my tongue a little bit. Oh, no, and it's not, no, it's not that. It's not pine cone though. It's a resinous, though. It's a little resinous, mm-hmm. like it's stuck on my tongue. So. Sort of like chunks do in a, need- in a barley wine? <laughs> no, those stick on your teeth. They stick in your teeth. You're right. That is different. You get to enjoy those yep. later. That is definitely, um. definitely different. <laughs> so. so will the hipsters of the world embrace PBR whiskey? Uh, they have to. It's PBR. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, in it was really in the early 2000s that hipsters just totally wrapped their arms around PBR. I mean, it's been going on for well, a while. Well, do you know why but the early, early 2000s exploded? had to wrap their arms around PBR. Right. And the reason is because of price point. When you spend that much money on beard mustache products, you don't have a lot left for your beard. <laughs> this is, is that what why? it is. Yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you have explained it in a way no one, I've never heard anyone explain that before. And thank you for clearing that up. I just, you know, yeah. that's, that's how I mustache see it. Mustache wax or whatever. Mustache wax <laughs> and beard oil. <laughs> Serum. Uh, some guys, Adam's saying some guys use Elmer's glue. I've actually done mustache. that to, to make, really? my, make my mustache curl. Did but it work? See, that's, yeah, it works great. <laughs> but that's the cheap way to do it. Now yeah. you have to get something called, like, Dr. Beardo's. Dr. Beardo's mustache, mustache wax. And wax it's like it's like seventeen ninety five for a little bitty tin. Yeah, yeah, for like a, a third-ounce tube or something. New Holland Brewing Company uh, distributes its products through Pabst. Um, that's their distributor. And they received approval last month uh, for Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey. It's that's going to be the label. An inscription on now, the. Hold, hold on a second. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Right. It was Pabst Beer, and then they want a Blue Ribbon, so then they called it Pabst Blue Ribbon, right? right? PBR, right. How can you make Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey if it has never won a Blue Ribbon? An inscription on the packaging reads This is Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey, made from nature's choicest product and uh, made from nature's choicest products that legend would have it. Jacob Best used in 1844 to provide its smooth, complex flavor. The label also notes, and I love this, that the spirit was aged for five seconds. (laughs) Isn't that great? Aged for five seconds. Uh, They do have uh, some, uh, it's new territory for Paps, but New Holland has some experience distilling whiskey along with uh, gin and vodka. Uh, they're not quite ready yet with some of the details, and there's no word on when it will see the light of day, but it's coming. PBR whiskey. I, I refuse to call it Blue Ribbon Whiskey until it has won a Blue Ribbon. It's Paps Whiskey. Now, you can't just say, hey, I, okay, so the name of my company is number no, one company. Right. Like, that's just, like, come on, for real? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. that's not... That's not like, yeah, I love when I love when you see that on a product. It's like the world's number one brand uh, of whatever. Like like they have to right, they yeah. have to basically say yeah, that's what we're calling it, not necessarily what it is. Oh, that's just yeah. crazy. Now you can't call it blue ribbon <laughs> until you win a blue ribbon. All right. So if you are at the highest distillery, and by highest I mean highest in elevation, yes, highest nothing, distillery nothing having to do with a uh, in all of Scotland. 
That's something, well, you can prove that, or, or it could be Not high having to do with the watermelon flavor blunt wrap, but highest as in elevation. As in elevation, right. Uh, then you might be the uh, folks at Dalwini. And am I saying that right, by the way? As far as I know, yes. Yeah, how would you say it? Dalwini? Dalwini. All right. So Dalwini uh, has a 15-year single malt that Ian is twisting the top on right now. I love that sound. Oh, I love that sound <laughs> that so much. That was awesome. That was really awesome. That is almost like whiskey porn sound effects <laughs> right there is what that's, uh, is what that's like. Uh, Ian, um, now, we have not had Delwini on the show before, have we? Uh, we've, not, we've not tried it. Uh, I don't think we have had it on the show. I've had Delwini, but I don't, I've never had the 15. So tell me, if you've had Delwini before, do you have any sense of what I should be expecting here? Yes. Oh, you want me to tell yeah, you? I want you to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Dow is going to have some fruity notes. Um, it'll be a little bit lighter on the PD smokiness. You won't have a whole lot of that going on in there. You're going to have the fruity, airier notes that you're uh, used to in the Highlands. Um, this is uh, like the regular Dow is is an outstanding go-to. So when you say the regular, that's going to be what, a 12-year or an 8-year? Yeah. I think it's the 12. Did mm. you notice, by the way, that our beer cam – can double as a whiskey cam. You know, it's it's really good when you get components that can do more than one thing, and I'm very oh very happy. Also, honey. Notice, yeah. Also, uh, notice, no, no, I'm not calling you honey. It smells like honey. Let me see your glass for just a moment. I like to show these to the camera. Uh, Adam, which 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 camera should I use? <laughs> In my left hand, this one. That's Ian's pour. In my right hand, this one. <laughs> That's what he poured for me. So <coughs> I just wanted to share that with, with our with our uh, viewing and listening audience. Uh, Ian's pours about you know, twice, the, the reason- twice as big as mine is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> the reason I do that, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a scientific reason for this. A okay? method to your madness? Yes. Actually, it's because um, right now this, it's, become, it's, it's starting to get into uh, – our spring season here in Texas, and yes. I have allergies, so it's hard for me to smell some of these things. So I have to actually have more volume to you be able to smell. You have to have it closer to your nose. Is That's that what right. You're it gets closer. It makes more smell, so I can nose this whiskey. Well, I'm telling you, I'm getting like apple and fruit on the nose. Honey, honey. Yes, I'm not calling you honey. I'm saying honey. Yeah, apple, fruit, honey. Like these are these are the uh, the nose worthy things going on. This here. strikes me as a sort of a classic uh, single malt taste if that makes sense yes notice how clean it finishes very clean like very with a little bit of minerality yes but super clean but super clean and when i say a little bit of minerality like a really good like non-carbonated like, mineral water sort of a vibe and avion a water kind avion of thing. water yeah yes, like absolutely. that kind of mineral flavor that you get sorry i just splashed you with that. i know and i just enjoyed the drop that was <laughs> on my hand there um no but it does and and i mean that in an extremely positive way i mean it's a part of the appeal of yeah, the whiskey the, the green apple and honey and wow what all what all else? there's so many things going on in here let's let's see what they talk about here Dawani, the gaelic word from which the name Dawini comes is uh, Dal. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It means meeting place. Meeting place, okay. You know, the problem with trying to pronounce anything Gaelic mm-hmm. is it can have 17 letters, which equals one syllable, mm-hmm. or it could have three letters and equal 17 <laughs> syllables. It's, it's just, tough you to never tell. know. But there's always going to be some uh, some chick at the Renaissance Festival playing a ukulele that could pronounce it for That's you. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
The highest distillery in Scotland was founded on these uh, bleak, windswept central Highland pastures in 1898. The classic Highland malt, Dalwini, uh, ages slowly to develop a remarkable character. I'm going to agree with that. 15 years of gentle aging. I like how they age it gently. Yeah, well, versus gen- hard aging. Which gentle is, is important when it yeah, comes to aging. Gentle aging. They don't. Um, they don't have midgets in the uh, barns throwing the barrels around. <laughs> Fifteen years. But I would gym. pay to see that uh, if it were to happen. But I can understand why where it might be detrimental to the single malt barrel aging. All right. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. It makes it a smooth, subtle malt without a trace of harshness. I, I have to agree with that too. This is pretty outstanding. Heartwarming, yet also mellow and honey. They put honey right on there. You mm-hmm. can smell it a mile away. Uh, it's a combination of delicacy and death, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. I'm Hidden- sorry, did you say delicacy and death? And, and depth. Oh, depth. I thought you <laughs> said death. Delicacy and death. I was like, wow, now that's a different way to market your product. Uh, no, by, delicacy and depth. I by get because- angry, hard aging. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I can't go on anymore. Speaking of angry, our critics are going to be so pissed at me for saying the word midgets. Because <laughs> I said midgets would be... Tossing around the whiskey barrels. Yes, yes, yes. I should have said little people, but even you then, you said it like a, a bunch of times now too. What midgets? Yes, yeah, that's unfortunate. There's that word that shows how hidden depths I are truly am. also apparent. Smooth tasting Dalwini uh, yields flavors of creamy uh-huh. vanilla and a heather honey sweetness, finishing in a smoky Highland glow of surprising intensity. This is a really, really good single malt. Uh, it is pretty outstanding. Yeah, this I mean, is, it's just really got a uh, a real clarity of flavor if, to it. If you want to get your foot in the door on a uh, on a whiskey, and you think whiskeys are harsh, and I'm not sure if I'm going to like it, mm-hmm. this is a go to. So smooth, it's yeah, incredibly smooth. What is, do you remember the price point on this? I want to say it's in the seventy dollar range. Yeah, and yeah. this is worth every penny of it. It's amazing. So if you want one to show off to your friends, a little bit of bragging mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. This is an outstanding whiskey. You can get a, a cheaper uh, Dalwini. I think you can knock that back $20, $30 by going with more like an eight-year. Which or, is delicious. Or, yeah, yeah. Like so all the Dalwini range is awesome. They also make a cigar malt, which is way expensive nowadays. But um, um, no, I'm thinking of Dalmore. Sorry, my fault. You know, it, it's, I made it, it is easy Especially being in the U.S., it is easy to get these Scottish distilleries confused. <laughs> it really is. Well, because there's a lot the of glens. Because there's so there's many a, of them. A lot of glens and a lot of dows. Right. You know? And so there's, uh, the, you know, there's oh, not a lot of Fred's. Dow Moore is what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of Fred's whiskey. This is absolutely outstanding. I will tell you this um, you're not going to smoke a uh, Man of War Ruination with this. Mm. Uh, but. It's going to call for something more delicate. Definitely delicate, so in the um, in the mild to medium range cigar wise. But mm-hmm. man, anything that's a great Connecticut wrapper, uh, a Candela wrapper would go with this. Um, you know, Mame, Maduro's on the lighter side. Uh, Mame mentioned this in the uh, segment uh, when we were doing the smoke cigar shop uh, and lounge as our uh, recommended shop. Uh, she mentioned how great. The Connecticut was from Aladino, which has not been released yet. But I will buy we'll, a box of that. When yeah, it comes but out. when it comes out, we'll all we're, everybody that was there. I guarantee you is going to be buying that cigar, and that would be brilliant with this scotch. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Just one hundred. The flavor profile would match up. Just uh, did just I mention beautiful. by the way? And I'm saying this because of one of the comments online. How super clean the finish is on this. Hmm. I think you did. 
Yeah. But Apparently. because the show is very repetitive. It is repetitive. I can see why you would say that again. It is repetitive. Because the show is very repetitive. It is repetitive. I can see why you would say it again. Dilly dilly. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with our uh, final segment. In the final segment, uh, we'll be discussing with you the best scotch under $100. I would be putting this into that oh, mix. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's on the list. list. I don't know if it's on the list, but I would be throwing this one in if I were making the list. Uh, but we'll be discussing that, and we'll be uh, finally tasting, and I, I've been waiting for this because I just I think you're going to be really excited, Evil, Twins Brewing, uh, Evil Twin Brewing's Even More Jesus. It is a bourbon maple syrup barrel aged imperial stout. I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Those feel so short now when we do those. <laughs> oh, they're just being they're just being ridiculous. Apparently it's pronounced doll. I'm proud of you, Cruz. Yeah. Come along. Oh, well let's let's go back <laughs> and, and review. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. I just want to point out, by the way, Ian, may I, may I see your glass? Uh, I showed you in the last segment Ian's pour, which is in this hand, versus my pour, which is in this hand. I know Ian drinks whiskey faster than me, but uh, <laughs> but that's just an example of uh, of how how much more generous. Uh, his poor was. Yeah, see, and then, now that it's down to this level, I can hardly smell it. I, I can tell it's it's troubling you. It's troubling you so much. In fact, I think you may have mispronounced the name of the uh, of the whiskey. Well, I think Wiki Brian uh, posted on here that it's. How did he say it? Uh, Dalwini. 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 We were we were calling it Dalwini. Delmar says Win Dixie, but I think that's something different. <laughs> I think it is. I've been to Win Dixie. They don't have any of this. Uh, no, I, I think it probably is Dalwini. That makes sense. Like you know, and and this again, if if our uh, if our intrepid reviewer has made it this far through the show after we were so repetitive earlier, I'm sure he's going to have a field day with our calling it. Do you know how super clean the finish is on this? Really, how how clean is the finish on that? Super clean. Is it super clean? It's super clean. I would go ahead. I would go ahead and describe this. What little of it I have left in my cup as super clean. It's super clean. That's for you guys, Brian and Jeff. Yeah. For making that fun. <laughs> yes, and thank you for that. We appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Um, um, all right. So before we go to um, before we go to our uh, our final uh, tasting here, oh, I, I want to jump back over to a list from Liquor dot com. Uh, it's the best scotch under one hundred dollars, and I'm just going to go through this list, Ian, and I'd love for you to comment on any of these because you you. Tasted, I think, more scotch than I have in your lifetime, and you're still tasting scotch, whereas mine is now empty. Um, so uh, I would like, uh, I'd like for you to chime in if you know anything about any of these uh, uh, scotches under one hundred dollars that have made Liquor.com's best of list. Thank you. You're a true friend. I'm going to let you have some more of this. Whiskey, I appreciate actually, that, considering uh, you brought it at number one. And boy, I'm going to get crucified on this because I don't know that I'm pronouncing it right. Aberlour. Arbalor. Abunda. Abunda. We had that on the show. Arbalor Abunda. We did? I have that, yeah. We had that on the show. You had. Okay, so remind me what we thought of That's this That's the whiskey. cast strength Arbalor. Yep. Finished in uh, sherry casks. And I don't know what you thought about it, but it's 
awesome. Well, it's a $96 bottle mm-hmm. uh, is the retail on it. And uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember this one. But uh, that we've was, tried, we've that tried was a lot of different things. probably so. a year ago or more, and uh, and I remember buying that bottle because I think my brother was in town and we just split it. I think you need to bring it back on the show and we need to try it again. I may have actually a little bit left. Uh, we or had you a, could just come over to my house. We and had a scotch it. tasting with some friends over at a, another mutual friend's house, mm-hmm. and I provided most of the bottles for it. And uh, and I think I brought that, and not everybody drank it all. Interesting. The... Um, the 18-year-old Glenn Morangy went away pretty quickly. I bet it did. <laughs> uh, uh, the next others. one on this list is an Aberlour 12-year double cask matured. So this is one I don't think you've tried. It's a $51 uh, whiskey, a 12-year double cask matured. At number three, and I don't know what the numbers mean on this because I think they start over partway through, but at number three on this list, uh, the Ardbeg uh, Korivrekian. Am I saying that right? C O R R Y V R E C K A N. Wiki Brian has posted Wiki Brian, a link. Please help us to Scotch pronunciation. Oh, see, thank you, Wiki Brian. <laughs> um, described as a powerful expression of a single malt from one of the best producers in the world. Um, the uh, Ardbeg. Well, I, mean, I brought Ardbeg on the show. Remember, it was it's. Well, it wasn't that particular one. It was the uh, regular Ardbeg, and it's one of the peatiest things known to man. Was it the tenure? Like, uh, yes. Okay, because that's on the list next. Outside of actually just eating peat, <laughs> like that's already burning. It's if you can make much a peat the soup, yes. <laughs> it would be. Well, the Ardbeg tenure is on this peat, list too. It's just on fire. Yes, uh, that's pretty yeah. much what it is. Uh, like. It's beautiful. Uh, the bar director at San Francisco's Morad. Says, in my opinion, there's no scotch on the market that presents more peaty character and smoky backbone all wrapped together with an approachable sweetness for the price. I would dare to put it up against any other one on the market, no matter the cost or age. Uh, that's from Joshua Peter Smith. And that's the Ardbeg 10 year. Mm-hmm. Ardbeg, uh, Ian, you're going to have to help Eugenol. me with this. Say it again? Eugenol. Thank you. Uh, it's a seventy-six dollar. Uh, I've never Ardbeg. heard of it. Aged in bourbon and cherry barrels. Wait a second, oh, how do you totally how do you know how to pronounce it if you've never <laughs> heard of it? <laughs> uh, what's your What's your take on that? Uh, so it's kind of like the extreme version. Mm-hmm. It's over the top. Uh, so if obviously it's peaty because it's an Ardbeg. Yes. So it, like all the Ardbegs are incredibly peaty. If you don't like peat, you're not going to like Ardbeg. But that one is a particular uh, interest in it, and. What's funny about Ardbeg is Ardbeg has the ability to make something so incredibly peaty and interesting at the same time. So it's not just peat. There's a lot of other flavors going on in there. I would say there's not a lot of peatiness to this, but I'm enjoying this uh, this single malt more and yes, more. Yes, agreed. As we go, it's just getting smoother The and smoother. honey is just The crazy. honey's amazing. And it finishes? Yeah. Super clean. How how would you say this finishes, Ian? Super clean really really super clean would you describe it as a clean finish it's a clean finish yeah maybe a super clean maybe you know uh sometimes when you just use the um german word for super it becomes even more super so mm-hmm. we could call it uber clean mm-hmm. fortunately the show's not being repetitive today and that's a good thing <laughs> uh ashantoshan uh 11 year bordeaux cast matured is on this list I think it's 70 dollars is it really yes say it again oshachan See, I've been just pronouncing this all wrong for all this time. Because I have a bottle of this, in, and not this particular one, but I, I have a bottle of their, uh, I think it's 12-year, in my bar that's wonderful that I've got very little of left. So I think maybe uh, if people 
<laughs> but that doesn't mean I pronounced it right. If people were not so intimidated by pronouncing the names of their scotch. Well, I'll just jump right into it and get it wrong. I'm not afraid to do that. <laughs> but because I have bad reviews. So, uh, you know, it's 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 okay. I'm I, all right I haven't it. read any reviews. So I, I I, I've read one third of one review. That's all I needed to read. It said that the show was repetitive. It also said, I believe, that the show was repetitive. Did it say the show was repetitive? I think it may have said that the show was repetitive. <laughs> what are uh, you on now? At number seven, uh, the Balvany 14-year Caribbean cask. There ain't nothing wrong with that. That is a really good <laughs> no, no, This I've had, and it is wonderful. Also, the 14-year Pete Week 2003 vintage at $95 comes in at number eight. Uh, it says it I haven't packs, tried that. Packs, plenty of, uh, packs a lot of... PD punch for a space side. It's exciting, they say, to see a distillery shift its entire style for one week per year. So I guess this is something they put out as a uh, as a limited. You know, over here we just have Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. I think we should come up with a new uh, tradition of celebrating Shark Week with a particular spirit. <laughs> and I'd like to nominate this one. The next one on the list. The Balvenie Twelve Year Doublewood Anniversary Edition. Oh, it's a beautiful. Thing. Uh, it's a wonderful. So their thing. Doublewood comes in two iterations. The mm-hmm. Twelve Year is an amazing one. The Fourteen Year Doublewood, uh, fourteen or fifteen. Um, I'm I'm a little curious, a little off on that. Anyway, the Fourteen or Fifteen is over a hundred dollars, so it won't make this list. But both of those Doublewoods are amazing. Well, the Doublewood Twelve comes in at uh, 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 MSRP of fifty four dollars. Yeah, and it's so outstanding. I I wonder if it's not one of the better. $55 bottles you can oh, buy. Oh, it's, and it's incredibly complex. Now, the yeah. double wood refers to the fact that it was aged uh, in two separate barrels. Uh, one for, um, one aged in the first one for the um, most of its finish, and then a final fish, I, I think, in the sherry cask. I can't remember. Uh, the Brooklodic, the classic laddie. Hey, you got that one right. Yeah, uh, I do know how to pronounce Brooklodic. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know them all, but I, I know that's actually Brooklodic. I just want to say that. Is it really? Yeah. Brooklady? Yeah. So you don't say Brooklodic? No. Wow. No, I in could, classic Gaelic I never form, I think there's 17 letters that you don't pronounce. I could never be Scottish and it's for two reasons. Number one, because I can't pronounce the words. And number two is because I actually like food that has flavor. <laughs> uh, so uh, how, can, how can the Scottish be so good at whiskey and so bad at food? <laughs> I, this is something I've always wondered. Yeah, and it's okay to make fun of Scottish. They're not a, they're not a protected, uh, 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 you know, nationality. So right, right. It's okay. Uh, so the Brooklady, the classic Laddie, uh, sixty-five dollars, a uh, gateway into the style of whiskey. They say. Now I want uh, to point out if you want to go out and buy this, it's actually spelled. How's it? How's it spelled on there? B R U I C H, L A D D I C H. Yes, which I believe is just Brooklady. Brooklady. Right. Interesting. Damn you, Scottish people, for like confusing. That's a me. lot of letters. How about the Brooklady Port Charlotte uh, Islay Barley? I've seen that. I hadn't tried it. It's a $67 single malt for a whiskey with such a high peat level of 40 ppm. Does that number mean anything to you? Per peat per peat, million? Peat per million? I don't know. Uh, it says it's still well balanced, has a wonderful rich flavor and great depth. Okay. In. I'm not even going to try to pronounce see, this one. I can see. I don't know what you're looking you at, can, but I can see the string of letters over yeah. here. All right. Can you see it now? Uh, that's Bunahaben. Bunahaben. How would you learn to pronounce these? I, I have no idea. I think I just picked that up somewhere. Bunahaben. I could be completely wrong. Uh, this is their uh, Eric Nagrain. 
a bottle originally only available for travel retail. Uh, it holds bright, beautiful berry notes and an air of briny salt sea air and lives up to its namesake, which means morning sky. Why they couldn't just say that, I don't know. Because uh, Bunaven is way more fun to say. Uh, Bunaven, yeah. Uh, am I am I anywhere close to the correct pronunciation of uh, Eric Nagreen? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not I'm even close. Help me. I here. got distracted for a second. Wiki Brian says, "Watch it, Cruz." Wiki Brian is Scottish descent. Oh, oh okay. Well, you know, Brian, uh, then Brian, you you know what I'm talking about. You're brilliant with whiskey. You suck at food. Come on, it's it's true. <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm of Irish descent. I know. I understand. You know. You know why God. There. Created. You know. There's a reason. There's a lot of traditional <laughs> Scottish. Uh, bars but not a lot of scottish restaurants yes there you go thank you when was the last time you drove into katie texas and said let's have scottish tonight uh, <laughs> let's try the scottish restaurant uh i will i will say this you know you know being of irish descent i can tell you you know why uh, god invented whiskey to keep the Irish from ruling the world. There you go. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, all right. So uh, we come now to the Craig Lashy. Am I saying that one right? The Craig Lashy? 13 years. Uh, it's a space I have, I'd I have no idea on that. I've seen this one. I've never tasted it, but I've seen this one uh, repeatedly in the stores. So we'll have to get a bottle of that and taste it soon. Uh, the Glen Farkless 105 cask strength Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Um, is in at number 14. Glenn Farkless. It can't be, I can't be way off on that pronunciation. Uh, here we go. I know how to say Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich 18 year uh, comes in at number 15. It's a $94. And that's delicious. And it is. How about the Glenn Levitt French Oak Finish at $70? Absolutely. It says it's a, sol- a solid scotch without scaring people away who think scotch only means smoke. And now. The Holy Grail. Well, I don't know if it's the Holy Grail, but I sure like it. The La Santa from Glenmorangie. In an under $100 bottle, it's hard to beat that. It's just like sh- La Santa is always on my shelf. That a, is so good. Yeah, it's a sherry cask finish. Mm-hmm. It's just delicious. And it's $64 MSRP. Yeah, and it's always available, and it's amazing. Now, I've had this next one as well, and it's unbelievably good. The Glenmorangie Nectar Dior. Yep. Absolutely. 80 bucks is the suggested retail on this. And now we get into a, like almost like heavenly territory with the Spios. Spios. Say it, say it the way they Spios. The way, <laughs> Spios. Uh, this it's, is it's a weird wonderful like, so, single malt. <laughs> Dr. Bill says it. It starts with a soft sh- sound and ends with an S with an SH on the end. So it's like Spios. It's it's I, I I can't do it like he Only does. Only the it. Scottish amazing. It. and it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the I love the quote on here uh, on the article about the Spioche. It says it's a brand new release. I had the uh, the delight to drink recently. Get this now before everyone knows how good it is. It's pretty amazing. It really, and my is. bottle is gone. I need it's, to go re-up. It's one of it's probably my favorite yeah. thing in the Glenmorangie lineup, and that's saying a lot. Uh, Glen Scotia double cask. Uh, one of three distilleries left of in the Campbelltown region. No kidding. You yes, bring, literally you last bring almost, that in on the show there, Ian. I just bought a bottle last week. Wow, nice. Um, how about Highland Park 15-year? All the Highland Park is great. Um, mm-hmm. If you can get their distiller's edition, their um, 
there uh they had a highland park uh lone star edition that was available for a while that was just amazing nice. like yeah and i don't know that i've had the 15 itself but you can't go wrong with anything that says highland park the highland park 15 year is a 96 dollar price point the highland park 12 year mm-hmm. also makes the list at a fifty-five dollar. They also point. have one called Dark uh, Highland Park, Dark uh, Dark Beginnings, Dark Origins. Dark Origins, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Dark Origins. Uh, and then there's on this list the Highland Park Valkyrie at ninety-five dollars. So epic. And it says here for anyone who missed the now discontinued Highland Park Dark Origins. Oh yeah, this sherry cask finish always hits the spot. How about the Isle of Jura Seven Wood? Never had it. Yeah, Jura is J U R A. It says a single malt from seven different barrels. I'll let you look them up to impress your dinner guests, uh, which truly showcases the ability of a whiskey blender to turn a solid whiskey into a fantastic one. At $56 and on the list, Johnny Walker Double Black. I have a bottle of that at the house. The Double Black, really? Mm -hmm. And what's your take on it? Smoky. A smoky Johnny Walker? Yeah. It's a very smoky Johnny Walker. Interesting. Uh, I'm sure this one isn't smoky at all. The it's Lagavulin, like, 16 years. Another <laughs> right, smoky about Lagavulin. Um, yeah, Lagavulin's great as well. I mean, you got to like smoky for that. But I mean, what's funny is it's 90 bucks. It's simple and uh, remarkably balanced. Yes. Say. Uh, and this one will not be smoky at all. The Lafroy uh, Cardius Madeira Cask. Right now, I want you to imagine someone takes a large chunk of peat and starts hitting you over the head with it. While throwing wine at it, so that's what that's what this is. Say that again. We've actually had the gorgeous on. Um, gorgeous is how you yes, say. Yes, we had. Yes. So uh, when you look it up, they say it's pronounced somewhere between car chase and gorgeous. So gorgeous, gorgeous. Yes, makes sense. We actually had that, but mine is a few years older than that and had the yellow label on it. Okay. So we've actually had that in here before. Okay, I love it. How about the Lafroig Select? I just tried that the other night. It For was Pete lovers out there, this it says this Pete beast will rock your socks off. Yes. It's a campfire in your mouth. Imagine having a kind bar, but it's made entirely of peat. <laughs> that's kind of what that's like. Uh, I love it. It's oh, and alcohol. Made <laughs> entirely of peat and alcohol. And alcohol, yeah. <laughs> How about the Lefroy? A lot of Lefroy on this list. Lefroy 10-year cask strength. That, at that one's on my shelf, too. Okay. i got to come Fantastic. over to your house more often. Uh, the that McAllen, one's on my shelf. McAllen 12-year double cask at $60. Oh, I don't have the double cask. Oh. So that's interesting. Okay. How about the Oban Little Bay at mm, I've tried it. My brother has a bottle of that. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I don't have it myself, but I've tried it. It's quite The good. quote here says, if you're looking for a flavor roller coaster, yes. this is the scotch for yes. you. What and does that, that mean? is a smokier rather than peatier. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, More smoke, less peat. Yes. So that's an interesting one. Signatory Benrenes, 1997. Know nothing about that. It's a Highland. I don't even it's think I've ever malt. seen it. Uh, I've uh, seen Signatory, but I, the I don't think quote, I've seen it. The quote here says, it's one of my all-time favorites, just an incredible bottle. It is extremely smooth, but has a lot to unpack on the palate. What about the Springback 10-year? You know, I've seen Springback, <laughs> and I haven't tried any of it yet. Mm. I need to get in there. That's on the list. There's a lot of single malts on this list. But in fairness... This is all under $100. Some of them are listed at 99 by the way. Now, how many of those are there? Uh, we're up to 34 so far. So you might be spending a lot of money if you just buy every one of these. Well, yeah. So that's why lists like this are interesting, because someone has done 
the spending. But if you do go do that, you're a little nutty, and I want to go hang at your house. Oh, yeah, I totally want to be invited over, yeah. for sure. Talisker Distillers Edition at $90. Few whiskeys can match this bottle, it says, on a price-to-quality ratio. Hey, Somebody Peter stole our Peter Q. Hey, they we're stole writing them it. a letter right now. Tal- yeah, that, yeah. Uh, watch out, liquor.com. We got you. Uh, I have a bottle of this in my bar. It's the Tamdu, 10-year. Uh, did you bring that in It's one? quite yeah, good, yes. It here, right? uh-huh. It's the only distillery aging its juice exclusively in ex-sherry barrels. This is actually a really, really good single malt. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it very much. And that's the last one on the list, the 35. So there were there were 35 total single malts on that list. That's a fun list. Yeah, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed mispronouncing my way through that. I, I thought it was a, uh, a wonderful journey. And, uh, and so I... I I love having a list like this, and I will post uh, this in the show notes, uh, the link to this list, because I think it's fun to go through it and go, okay, which of these do I want to try? Because I'm still a fan of single malts. I know, uh, you know, I get into uh, interesting discussions with our friend Chris Hart, who nobody cares about. Nobody cares about that guy. Uh, Yeah, uh, but I get into interesting discussions with him about bourbon versus single malts. And, you know, I mean, he has much better whiskey palate than I do. But I'm like, I, I can't I can't let go of these single malts. Like this is there's just too much great stuff. I just want to put forth the argument to both of you guys. Yeah? Whiskey good. Oh I see yeah, this is an, fight adap- with that. an adaptation of your earlier proclamation. Beer like good. It. I like it. Yeah, you can actually see the the development of those two phrases. You can see how one led me to the other. Yeah. I mean, it was a journey. You know, these are the things that happened, by the way, on a show where we thought we were going to have a guest and uh, circumstances beyond our control uh, led to uh, not having a guest. Uh, But here we are in the final segment, and it's time for even more Jesus. And I don't mean that I'm going to lay hands on anything. It's on the beer Well, I am going to lay hands on that beer is what I'm going to do. So the guys from uh, Evil Twin Brewing, who we've already, uh, you know, really spent quite a bit of time actually extolling their virtues. Uh, they have come up with a bourbon maple syrup barrel aged imperial, imperial stout called Even More Gen- uh, Jesus. And what it means, well, I like that. What it means, apparently, when they say bourbon maple syrup barrel aged is that it wasn't aged in bourbon barrels. It, it was smells aged, like smoky breakfast. It was aged in maple syrup barrels, but it was a bourbon infused maple syrup. So it was. It was maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels, and then they took the barrels from the maple syrup that was aged in bourbon barrels, and, and then and aged, they aged the, beer. the beer in it. Yes, exactly. So, and and it's an imperial stout to boot. So, like, I want sausage with this. Yeah, this okay. smells. <laughs> is, it, is it like what is that McGriddle? What look, is that thing look called? Look at this. Oh my God, Ian! This is uh, <laughs> this is you. This is you in a bottle right here. What that is. That I is like a- this already. This is like, uh, yeah. hold on, let me pour this on the camera. Yeah. This is hilarious. Watch this. To watch the thickness of the uh, of the pour. Wait, hold can- it up. Uh, down, uh, down. There we go. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, uh, I don't know which cam. There you go. On there the beer go. cam. I'm leaning yeah, forward. On the beer cam. There you go. And now pour. Oh, man. Well, I know what to do if I ever get the oil you know, light you on ever my watch, car. Uh, you ever watch the, uh, uh, um, oh, what was it called? The... Uh, the, the truth is out there. What was that show? 
Oh, the X Files. The X Files. You know, yes. when the people's eyes yes, filled up yes, with yes, black. That's yes. what this looks like. <laughs> that's what that looks like. Well, I know. I know now what to do if uh, if I'm ever you know the oil light comes on in my car and I have a bottle of this rolling around <laughs> in the trunk. I will say, Ian, it's it's interesting because we use uh, a lot of times we use plastic cups on the show, and I'll just show this to uh, camera one there. Uh, this is my plastic cup of this beer that Ian has poured. I have not tasted this yet, but Ian. This is the heaviest <laughs> cup of beer I've ever of this size I've ever has, held in my hand. It that must a, it must weigh five pounds. This cup of beer it has a certain density to it. It certainly it? does. <laughs> wow. So I haven't really gotten into the uh, experimentation. Like how smoky phase. does that smell? Like that's oh my crazy. god. When you say you want sausage with it, I'm totally down with that. I, like it smells like smoked barbecue breakfast. Mm, mm. It tastes. Like smoked barbecue breakfast, and I'm pretty sure it's chunky too. I think this. is All right, a, so living in maybe, Texas, maybe chunks of sausage. This right there. here tastes like, literally tastes like something you would use on your brisket. Like it has a meaty, <laughs> ridiculously smoky craziness to it. <laughs> There's not a lot of information on the bottle. It says it is an imperial stout aged in bourbon flavored maple syrup. Yeah, oh, the maple syrup's there. Yeah. Uh, I want. I would. I would have this on pancakes. Oh yeah, and it says um, B L I S Bliss because life is short. Uh, so this is one that uh, Wiki Brian would absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Like he would love everything about this in many, many, many ways. Him and his Scottish descent. It also says here that it was produced and bottled for Evil Twin Brewing by Westbrook Brewing. Ah. In Mount Pleasant, South How Carolina. Strange. So, uh, this is apparently a bit of a collaboration, but I got to tell you, it's real. Like this is one of the most unique beer experiences I think <laughs> I've ever had. It is delicious. It's almost it's, as thick as the maple syrup that it. It's uh, even more Jesus. See, I love the, even the name. I love. It's just like so. There's a there's a restaurant called Hoover's in um, Austin. Mm-hmm. And if you've never eaten there, make it a breakfast stop. Because mm. first off, you can get for breakfast hoe cakes. Are hoe you cakes? familiar with what hoe cakes are? I am are? not familiar with hoe cakes. Hoe cakes are pancakes, but basically made out of uh, uh, cornbread batter. Why are they called hoe cakes? I don't know. But they're amazing. <laughs> and this I know what a hoe bath goes is. with that. Now, I say this also because with that same breakfast, you can get a breakfast that has the hoe cakes. And you can get their uh, chicken and dumplings, which comes from their smoked barbecue chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this, I just, I want that breakfast with this right here. What a wonderful country we live in. Can I just say that? <laughs> what a wonderful country uh, we live in. Well, this is delicious. It, I, I honestly, it's, and I also want to, I'm going to show my cup to the camera again because I want you to see. How the beer has stuck just... to the rings around the uh, <laughs> around the plastic cup there, really amazing. Um, Ian, where would you put this on your list? Because you, I know you're a fan of these huge beers, right? These imperial uh, stouts and the barley wines and the huge porters and stuff. Where would you put this on your list? Like, is this near the top? This is so good. Now it's a little one-dimensional in its mm-hmm. breakfastness, mm-hmm. but it is so good. Um, it's not quite complex enough to be up there with the breakfast stout from Founders. That's a great, beer. but it has its own charm and quality to it. Is and it this good enough is to... not like that? It's different. 
This is so like if you are a fan of maple syrup and and smoky meats. And who's not? Yeah, I mean, pff, come on. <laughs> if you're a person, I should have just said right. If, if you breathe, <laughs> right. uh, you no. Uh, is this is this good enough to make you take back stuff you didn't steal? Oh, this is getting pretty close. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is getting pretty. This is this is fantastic. Yeah. I love you. Are so right. This is the heaviest beer. Like I'm it talking weight. Ounce like, for ounce, it is ounce this for is ounce, the heaviest, the heaviest beer, beer <laughs> per ounce. I think we've ever like. I think I like. I just drank a meatloaf just getting from here to here. <laughs> but but meatloaf can be such a wonderful <laughs> it's, thing. It's a, did you? <laughs> what? what is this right in front of my face there? Oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I did that on purpose, by the Noted. way. Uh, yeah, uh, no. Well, what a great way to close out the show because this. I mean the the uh, the single malt the. Um, Oh, we uh, just got started on this. I got like IPA. three more segments in me. Let's go. Okay, okay let's rock it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we want to say a huge thank you to uh, Mame from the uh, Smoke Cigar Shop and Lounge in uh, Bridgeville, Pennsylvania, in the South Hills, uh, just in the outskirts of Pittsburgh. They are our very first smoking and toasting recommended shop. We will have more in the weeks to come from all over the United States. And this is exciting. So, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is if you are a um, proprietor of or an employee at or a fan of a particular cigar shop and lounge somewhere, and you would like to see them represented as a smoking and toasting repres- uh, a recommended shop, uh, please let us know about them and who they are. I also wanted to let you know we are really working on smokingandtoasting.com. Uh, that website is about to come of age, and that will be the number one thing. You can already go to it, smokingandtoasting.com. No G's, no apostrophes. Um, and it will it will be the sort of like one-stop shop for all things smoking and toasting. If you want to see. Did, is there is there uh, a picture of me? There is a picture of you. Okay, yeah. yeah go to smokingandtoasting.com. Yeah, okay, yeah. So now you know. And then. Take the picture of me and and crop out the the um, left side of the picture. Yeah, and then use that as the background for your phone. <laughs> Did I totally make you speechless? If if anybody does that, I, I will give you some sort of a prize. I'm I'm totally serious. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll figure it out and I'll send it to you. So you're gonna have to just send me a picture of that. That would because that would be worth it. I'll send you a cigar from my humidor. Something. Uh, I want to thank uh, Adam, our uh, producer on the Wheels of Steel, for uh, making the show happen. We have uh, a number of things we throw at him every week, and I appreciate how he uh, is able to navigate them. And I want to thank those of you who are on uh, Facebook Live with us commenting as the show goes by. Brian commented. Yeah, yeah what did he say? He goes, they're cooked on a type uh, of pan, an iron pan called a hoe, so that's why they're called hoe cakes. Hoe cakes, okay. Mm-hmm. I had other thoughts as to where they Name came from. Well, it's H O E. It's not H O. Well, it's, That's, it's still, different. Still, it's different from your day job. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But isn't that how Hobath is spelled? Isn't that H O E as well? Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I will. Uh, I will bid you all a fond uh, week. We have had uh, such a good time on the show this week. Thank you uh, for being a part of it. Uh, we do look forward to uh, some of the upcoming shows, and I will just mention to you that. Scheduled to appear. Scheduled to appear. That's the way I'm scheduled. Gonna, scheduled. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, spiel. Uh, 
um, scheduled to appear on next week's show. Uh, Old Humble Distilling uh, will be here. And these guys have been racking up the accolades like nobody's business for their whiskey. So really excited about having them on and really excited about all of you who uh, enjoy the show every week or once in a great while or however often uh, you enjoy it. We appreciate you. We just enjoy getting together and you know drinking and talking about I just want to say thank you for bringing in a beer that has the consistency of a Dairy uh, Dairy Queen blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly... If you stuck uh, one of those uh, wooden uh, tongue depressor things <laughs> you, in this you and turned it upside down, down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would fall out. Uh, have a great week, my friends. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us and enjoying smoking and toasting. And Ian, my friend, thank you. Thank you. Uh, great show, and have a have a wonderful week. And cheers. <laughs>